Welcome to Get Fresh with Michelle Gerasoli, a podcast that gives you fresh ideas for living your best life. Enjoy our conversations that center on the acronym FRESH. F is for food, R is for recreation, E is for experiences, S is for our sponsors, and every episode closes with an H, a happy story or memory. I hope you enjoy this little break in your day, listening to how others are living fresh, and I'd love to hear your ideas. Reach out through my website, freshrebellion.com. Hey guys, it's Michelle Gerasoli. Before I start episode 14, I want to take a moment to thank each of you who have reached out to let me know how much you're enjoying the Get Fresh podcast. Whether you just found one story meaningful or you've caught up on every episode, I love to hear it. I'm so happy that you're listening and hope that you continue to listen as we roll out new episodes. I love stories and people and Get Fresh gives me a platform for exploring and sharing both. So thank you so much. I know I'm supposed to say like comment, share this podcast, which of course you can do, but really just listening is good enough for me. So I appreciate you. So let's get started today with our food feature, except this time it isn't food, it's coffee. As I'm writing my notes for this podcast, I am sitting at a coffee shop called Wild Harvest, and I'm outside in the garden. They have a courtyard, and it's sunny and nice, sunny, warm afternoon. I was sipping a cinnamon-flavored coffee and eating a slice of banana bread, and it it occurred to me how much I enjoy coffee shops and, of course, coffee. I didn't love coffee growing up. I don't think many kids do. It's an acquired taste. My brother and I drank coffee milk, which was the autocrat syrup-flavored milk, like you make chocolate milk. We In Rhode Island, we had coffee milk, which was very sweet, but it wasn't coffee. My first memory of loving coffee was in college. There was a local chain called Best Eaten Coffee. And the coffee wasn't particularly remarkable, but what stood out was the crushed ice in the iced coffee and the fact that you could order a 32-ounce tank of coffee. (laughs) Many of those tanks got me through many long nights of studying or working after many long nights of studying or partying. (laughs) I did both liberally in college. So caffeine was my drug of choice to fuel my college career and my early 20s. I would hit the drive-thru on my way to work and order some sweet-flavored concoction, which wasn't really loving coffee. It was loving all the sugar. So not very nutritious. I didn't really learn anything more than the basics of nutrition until I started eating for two. And I took a nutrition course in college. <laughs> when I became a mom, I learned so much and I keep learning. But my crash course was that awful book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, which in my opinion, went a little bit overboard with how much food it told a mother to eat <laughs> when she became pregnant. And it forbade coffee, lest the baby's growth would be stunted. So I'm six feet tall and my kids turned out to be quite tall, which must be because I gave up coffee for all those months, right? I think it was. (laughs) After I had the kids, uh, I was hesitant to go back to drinking that highly sweetened coffee because I had learned how bad sugar was and I was still trying to shed the baby weight. 
But I realized I didn't really like the taste of chain coffee unless it was loaded with extra, extra sugar and cream. So, you know, I didn't drink it. I just drank tea. I switched over and converted to becoming a tea drinker. That is until that one day when I walked into my new friend Stephanie's coffee shop. They roasted the beans fresh on site and ground them daily, which makes all the difference. These are beans from the best parts of the world, roasted with love. I was hooked, and I've been going there for the past 10 years. I really do love everything about the coffee shop experience. The sitting and sipping your coffee while you're working at a table, maybe overhearing some coffee shop vibe playlist or some local conversation. In various coffee shops around the country, I have found a nice place to work or have a meeting, a quiet place to, you know, read a pit stop to break up a road trip or maybe even to grab a bite to eat. So you can do the coffee shop scene alone or with friends, but anything goes at a coffee shop. My friends at North Coffee, Stephanie's Place, always try to remember their regulars, you know, their customers' coffee orders, but I always seem to throw them for a loop because I never order the same thing twice. For me, coffee is a creative endeavor. So beans from different parts of the world, maybe roasted lightly or roasted dark, maybe adding honey or cinnamon or mocha if I need a pick me up. <laughs> sometimes I take it with whole milk or oat milk, sometimes steamed milk, sometimes black, depending on the day. For me, it's an exploration. A lot like a, you know wine or beer or bourbon connoisseurs like to experience different flavor profiles, the subtle flavor differences that were food pairings. And I like to do those too. I just haven't spent as much time with them as I have with coffee, although I'm trying. (laughs) So the next time you drive by a chain store coffee shop, instead of pulling in, maybe pull over and find something local. You know, you'll support a small business. Maybe you'll meet some local residents and have an adventure with your cup of joe. So enjoy, enjoy your coffee. Let's see, next up for our recreation, something fun. Something fun I've been looking forward to is paddle boarding. Any kind of watercraft, really, kayaking, surfing, boating, getting out in the water to enjoy this experience of sport, floating in the water, seeing things from the water perspective, looking back at the land instead of being on land, looking out at the water. It's just fun. It's just fun. Have you tried doing any of those things? My first paddleboard adventure was in 2019. It was on the island of St. John. And it was the mode of transportation to get out to the restaurant we were going to for lunch, which was called Lime Out. You had to rent a watercraft and get out to the restaurant, which was a floating in this gorgeous bay. And we, my husband and I rented one and he he, he paddled out and then uh, I paddled back. And it was really cool because I'm looking over at what I thought was a rock and it the rock came up to the surface of the water. It turns out it was a sea turtle. I wasn't paddle pointing over a rock. It was a turtle swimming along next to me. So that was really cool. And then when I got back to Rhode Island, I have a friend who does rentals of paddle boards. And we went together 
Water Wanderers is her company name. And another friend of mine, Benjamin, is a life coach, and he organizes paddleboarding trips to the south of France. So we all went out. I enjoy it more than I thought I would because it's it's apparently doable. Although I did fall in the water that day. <laughs> I fell right off. It was pretty easy to get back up to. As opposed to surfing, which takes a unique combination of skills that I don't have. Although I'm trying. I own two surfboards and I've never stood up on one. Growing up, I was a boogie board kid. And I always looked out at the surfers out there riding waves with awe and respect. And I still do. And I got the board and and I'm like, how hard can it be? But I just can't get it. (laughs) I just, honestly, I stopped trying. I just lay on the board and paddle out, pretending I'm going to catch a wave, but I never do. You know, no judgment. I love being out on the water, whether I'm laying on the board or standing up with an oar in hand, just balancing and, and kind of getting away from people, the noise on the beach maybe. Yeah, the point is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do yoga on the thing, but it is a nice way to get some exercise, to get outside. You can do it on your own or you can do it with friends. Try something new. If you haven't paddleboarded or kayaked, I can't wait to get out there this summer. It's still really cold here as I record this podcast, but soon I might dust off the kayak and take it for a spin this weekend. So very cool. Water, watercraft, that's our recreation. Now, E is for experience. Our experience to explore together this month seems so basic, but it's something that we don't always do very often. It, it's cooking and eating together, like sharing a meal from scratch. <laughs> this, church, this month, my church kicked off a new event series where we brought in a chef to teach cooking classes as a fundraiser. So the guests paid tickets to come and learn to cook this delicious meal together and eat it together. And then we used those funds to host a few free community dinners, a free meal cooked fresh with people in the community. They didn't have to pay for it. This experience has been so enjoyable on so many different levels. For me, number one, I love to cook. So I love people. Merging the two is just fun for me. It's fun to watch people learn to cook or, you know, get a kitchen humming and cook together. A lot of people don't love to cook. I think that is very sad. I think our community, our culture has, what's the word? It's kind of steered people away from cooking for many years as they pursued careers. And, you know, even sitting down and eating a meal together It's almost a lost art in our cultures. Like how many families all sit down and eat dinner together every night? Like those of us who grew up in the 70s and 80s, I definitely miss having that regular dinner schedule. But, you know, today is just busy. So it's really unique and special to sit down and eat food with people you enjoy, family or otherwise. I'd say it was simple, but really it's something that you have to plan in advance for in today's day and age, but it's worth it. You know, the laughter, you know, we had so many light moments that occurred taking time out of life to come together for a nice, a good purpose and to do something fun, like learning how to cook a new dish or, you know, I was 
surprised and delighted when we conquered the tools in the commercial kitchen, like actually figuring out how to run the commercial dishwasher and cleaning up all those dishes uh, made that easy. So that was that was fun. That was like a woohoo moment. But even something as simple as finding that you have something in common with a stranger sitting next to you, it's just a simple delight. It's worth it. Slow eating, conversation rolls, and you really get to talk to someone or talk with a group, have some interesting conversation over multiple courses. It's just, I don't know, it's the, I, don't, I think it's something we don't do enough of. It's my opinion. So I'm definitely planning more time to do this, experiencing group meals. This week, a friend of mine needed to do some yoga teacher training. So I offered her my backyard and we ended up doing yoga on the deck. And then her sister made everybody dinner. We cooked together and ate. And it was just a really, really nice night. I think I have to do that to balance all the eating alone at coffee shops that I do. (laughs) Bring it full circle. So eating and cooking together. Try it. Let me know what you think. That brings us to S, our sponsor. Last episode, we talked about the new book with Susan Latai called Shining a Light on Grief. I'm going to bring that up again. Our book launch will be June 8th at Stillwater Books in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. The reason I'm very excited about being part of this project is that when, when someone is grieving, many times we really don't know what to say. Maybe we just say, we're sorry, we, we'll pray for you, keeping you in our hearts, you know, sending a card. All of those are, of course, true, but it's hard to have a conversation around grief. And I think this book shares the stories of what someone goes through at a deeper level. And many times the, the authors have given advice to well-meaning people to help them help the person who is grieving. So it, it almost normalizes the conversation in a way. The book is such a great resource to help others, and I hope that you come across it and find it if you need one, if you need a book, or gift it to someone who might be needing it. You can still pre-order the books at shiningalightongrief.com and click on my picture when you order it, and I'll personally sign the book and send it out to you. (laughs) Or come join us at the book launch on June 8th. So that's our sponsor. And our final category today is happiness. For me, it's springtime. Springtime makes me happy. It's my favorite season. As much as I love summer for the water sports, it's the flowers, the lilacs, those big purple, delicious smelling lilacs, all the fuzzy green leaves that are budding on the trees. I just love this time of year. If right now in, in New England, it is cold and breezy, but somehow those plants have soaked up all the sun. And just walking around my neighborhood with the dog is gorgeous. We have so many flowering trees and, f- you know, the fresh cut grass. And I walk by a beautiful blue house with like probably 200 tulips planted in their front yard and all the different colors are so nice. So springtime is lovely. It's my happy moment to share. And as they often do, my happy moments come from nature. So what are you enjoying these days? Comment, let me know, and I'd love to share. So, okay, guys, have a wonderful week. We'll be back soon with more Getting Fresh. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed the Get Fresh podcast. 
If you liked it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please find us online at freshrebellion.com. You can get our links to social media there. Join our Facebook group, Fresh From Rhode Island. And find me on Instagram, Sassy Michelle G, and Twitter, Sassy Michelle. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Oh,